Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. This is ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Tuesday, October 6th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. We got a lot of stuff going on over at ATS.io for you to check out. We've got lots of picks and predictions across the NFL, college football, NBA, and MLB landscapes. We also do soccer picks and previews over there as well. But the big thing over at ATS.io are our sportsbook reviews and our sportsbook promotion sections. We cover the legal U.S. sports betting landscape from every possible angle, including reviews of the different operators that are out there, like BetRivers, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, William Hill, PointsBet, SugarHouse, all the different operators that are out there across the country. And also take a look at industry news, what's happening in the different states, the states that are getting close to coming online, and also the top sportsbook promotions. A very good one going on for the NBA Finals over at BetMGM Sportsbook. Sign up using the promo code ATS. You'll get up to a $500 risk-free bet. And you can put a $1 wager on the money line for either the Lakers or the Heat. And if a three-point shot is made in that game, you will get $100 in free bets from BetMGM Sportsbook. You can read up more on that over at ATS.io. And we definitely encourage you to check out all of the different sportsbook promotions that are going on here around the industry. As you know, ATS Radio, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Mondays with Kyle Hunter, Tuesdays, the betters box, and we chat NFL, golf, hockey, NASCAR, whatever, with Brian Blessing. Thursdays with Brad Powers talking college football, NFL, and then Fridays, my Circa Sports Million picks. Two and three last week in the Circa. We'll be updating that article over at ATS.io here today, as well as our article following along with the Westgate Super Contest. Check out my power ratings over at ATS.io as well, along with all of my other featured content. And I hopped on the You Better You Bet show from Radio.com last night, talking some MLB playoff stuff, a little bit of NFL and some college football as well. I've been tweeting about that today at Skating Tripods, or I guess I've been retweeting uh, the tweets from You Better You Bet. Uh, You can check out my appearance on that show over on Twitter. And again, while you're there, go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. Yesterday we had some audio issues, some lag. I had some internet concerns. Um, Spent most of my afternoon bitching at Spectrum about that. But we weren't able to do the highlight videos for our ATS YouTube channel uh, just because some of the audio was kind of messed up with those. But we will have some feature videos today. And in fact, there are some today uh, with some NFL insights from Brian Blessing. So I encourage you to check all that out over on our ATS YouTube page. All right, so I'm here to chat baseball on the betters box today. And we'll start with a look at the ALDS, which of course the division series in the junior circuit started yesterday the Yankees and the Astros drawing first blood a couple of higher scoring games than we expected Garrett Cole and Blake Snell in that Yankees and Rays game Yankees scored nine runs in that one and then in the second game well I guess it was the first game oh we had McCullers and Bassett a lot of runs scored in that one and I thought it was really interesting that Brett Anderson who has pitched for the Dodgers has pitched for the A's of course now with the Milwaukee Brewers you know he made a tweet about how differently the ball carries during the day at Chavez Ravine out in Los Angeles and he's absolutely right and we saw that in that Astros and A's game and not only is that worth keeping in mind as this series goes along but when you look at the four ballparks that are in play here in these bubble scenarios for the playoffs 
they are generally regarded as very good pitchers' parks, but that's not always the case. During the day in Los Angeles, as I mentioned at Dodger Stadium, the ball carries really well. Petco Park, they've made some differences and some changes with the outfield walls. The ball carries a little bit better there now. Uh, Houston, when the roof is closed, it plays very differently. We'll see if the roof is open for any of these playoff games. It generally has not been for the Astros. I think I saw yesterday, the last time the roof was open for a playoff game was the 2005 World Series. So the roof will probably be closed in Houston, but if you find out that it is open, that ballpark plays a lot different with the roof open. And then in the NLD series between the Padres and the Dodgers, that one's at the new Globe Life Field down in Arlington, Texas, which when the roof is closed has been cavernous. The ball does not carry at all whatsoever when the roof is closed. But those are late games, trying to get it in prime time for the West Coast crowd in Los Angeles and San Diego. So if you find that the roof is open in Arlington, that ballpark will play a lot different. So pay close attention to that as we go forward here throughout the postseason to see if the roof is open in Arlington or not. Now, I don't know that ahead of time. It's something you may have to dig for a little bit on social media. Or if you see the total rising in that Padres-Dodgers series, that's probably a pretty good indication that the roof will be open. Again, with the late start times, more seasonable weather, uh, you know, the game's not starting until about 8 or 8.30 uh, Central Time to get those games in prime time for California. So we may see the facility open. And again, they've got fans there as well. So they may want it to be open air because of some COVID concerns and considerations. So follow along with that closely where I think the expectation coming into these series was for lower scoring games. It could be the opposite depending on whether or not the roofs are open in Texas for those two series. And I do think there could be some runs in these American League series as well. As far as today's action goes with these series already having started in the American League, you've got Franber Valdez and Sean Manaya in today's game for the Astros and the A's. And, you know, the A's, it wasn't really talked about a whole lot because the White Sox were so dominant against left-handed pitching. But the A's were very good against lefties in the regular season as well, and they get one here today in Valdez. The Astros struggled with A's. With lefties, excuse me. So we'll see how they fare today against Sean Manaya. I'm not a huge Sean Manaya guy. I'm a bigger Franber Valdez guy now that he's cut down on that walk rate. But the Astros did struggle against lefties, even though they're pretty right-handed heavy in the lineup. So that's kind of an interesting thing there. But just in general, by and large, and, and maybe this is something I should have keyed in on a little bit more for the wild card round, is that it was very clear that the Houston Astros just weren't engaged. They weren't invested. And when you expanded the playoffs to eight teams, it meant that the top two teams in each division were guaranteed entry into the playoffs. And the Astros realized very quickly that the Angels weren't very good, the Rangers weren't good, and the Mariners weren't good. So Houston was in a position where they spent a lot of time trying to figure things out with the bullpen they spent a lot of time dealing with injuries and stuff like that. They had a lot of injuries to the starting lineup as well. They weren't engaged. They weren't really invested in the regular season. And now we've seen them here in the postseason where they're 3-0 and to this point, sweeping their wild card series, and then, of course, winning game one against Oakland. 
this is a very different Astros team right now. And this is where maybe that chip on their shoulder, the us against the world mentality. And we saw Carlos Correa come out and talk about that after the wild card series. And you know, maybe that's where this kind of comes into play now. They've figured some things out on the pitching side. They've gotten Valdez in good form. They've still got Zach Granke. They've figured out some things with the bullpen, including you know some bulk relief work from Christian Javier. The Astros are just a different team right now. And quite frankly, they could very well you know win this series in relatively comfortable fashion. The A's bullpen is the key to the series because this Oakland offense right now, without Matt Chapman, is missing a really key piece. The starting rotation is not great. Frankie Montas struggled during the regular season. Manaya had his ups and downs and you know, by and large didn't pitch particularly well. Lazardo was very good and he could be a key in this series, but it's really about the A's bullpen. And it's really about if the A's get to use that bullpen with a lead in these games. So I do think the Astros wind up advancing here. I think the Astros are just a lot more engaged, a lot more interested, and they still have world-class talent in that starting lineup. So, you know, the Astros draw first blood in game one, and I think that that's maybe a precursor of what we can expect to see the rest of the way here. As far as the Yankees and the Rays series, not a great start for the Rays with Blake Snell having some issues. He probably could have been pulled a little bit earlier by Kevin Cash. But, you know, this Rays bullpen lost a lot of really key personnel over the course of the season. They lost a lot of guys to injury that they really expected to have. And a lot of credit to these guys that have stepped up and performed well in these roles and with a bigger role overall. Guys like a Pete Fairbanks, guys like a John Curtis, stuff like that. They've really stepped up. But this Rays team expected to look a lot different here with their bullpen throughout the course of the season. And because they look different here, I do worry about them a little bit in this series. Now, we'll get Tyler Glass out today, Charlie Morton on Wednesday. That's a big situation uh, for the Rays here. They need two good starts out of those guys. But right now, at this point in time, you know, the Rays bullpen, and I talked about this a lot going into the full season, and I talked about it going into the abbreviated season as well, that Rays bullpen was going to be a massive advantage for them. And those guys have, you know, as I said, pitched pretty well, but they're not the high ceiling guys that the Rays expected to have coming into this season and coming into this series. The Yankees, on the other hand, do have those guys. Even though Aaron Boone isn't as confident in somebody like Adam Ottavino, you know, Jonathan Loizaga is, has become a good weapon. Chad Green is a good weapon. Zach Britton, of course, is great. Aroldis Chapman. We know how effective he can be. The Yankees have the bullpen advantage in this series. And that's something that I probably would have debated if everybody was healthy for the Rays. But, you know, they're missing guys like a Chaz Rowe. They're missing a Jose Alvarado. They're missing even guys like Jalen Beeks, you know, or or Colin Poche. They're missing guys that, you know, would have potentially made an impact in this series. We'll see if they're able to cobble something together. I do really like Kevin Cash. He's a great manager in my opinion, but you know, the Rays just aren't as solid and as sharp in that bullpen as we thought coming into the year. And that brings the offense into the spotlight. Can this offense stay with the Yankees? Because the Yankees offense has been phenomenal in their three playoff games so far. They've drawn a ton of walks. 
They've hit for power. They've done the things that you're supposed to do in order to win games in the playoffs. The Rays, they don't really have as much of a walk dynamic. They don't really have as much of a power dynamic relative to the Yankees. So that is something that I do worry about a little bit here uh, in this series. Again, the Rays were a very good team in the walk department during the regular season, but they weren't as good as the Yankees, and they struck out a lot more than the Yankees did. So they maybe need to be a little bit more aggressive so they don't get buried in these deep counts in this series. That's why I do think that the more patient Yankees, because they're more comfortable hitting with two strikes, do have an advantage offensively in this series. Now, we get Davey Garcia and Tyler Glass now today. And this is a very interesting handicap because Glass now is a guy that can get a little bit erratic, can allow some of those free passes. And for Davey Garcia, you wonder how long he goes in this game. I think this is a smart move here by Aaron Boone to some Garcia innings in between uh, Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka. And again, I'm not a big pitcher versus team guy, but Tanaka has had success against the Rays. And maybe it's just a situation where the Rays just don't match up against that slider splitter combination for Tanaka. So I like the idea here from Boone to try and steal some innings from Garcia Maybe a piggyback with Jordan Montgomery to give them a different look, something like that. I like this op or uh, this, you know, this idea from the Yankees here in Game Two. Glass now has a big start here, though, and, and this is a very important one for the Rays. You do not want to fall behind 2-0. Glass now has the swing and miss, I think, but again, the Yankees don't strike out a whole lot. They will put a lot more balls in play in this series than the Rays will, in all likelihood. So. I got to say, I mean, you know, I, I think the Yankees do advance here. It's easy to say after winning game one, but I just think that, you know, given the composition of both of these rosters here at this point in time, with the fact that the Yankees did beat Snell, with the fact that Morton has not been as sharp, I think the Yankees do advance here. And and one other thing is that, you know, the Rays lost the advantage of Tropicana Field. And, and that's something that they needed especially facing a team like the Yankees. Tropicana Field is a ballpark that really suppresses offense. And the Rays, while their offense is good enough, they want to play those lower scoring games. They want to play the three to two, four to two types of games. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Petco has been less friendly for pitchers over the last couple of years. The Rays need that lower run environment to really thrive and have a lot of success, especially in this playoff format. And not getting Tropicana Field, I think, does hurt them. So, again, I think the Yankees do are, you know, are in a favorable scenario here for this series against the Rays, and we kind of saw that play out already in game one. Now, as far as series that have not started yet, we go to the senior circuit here for the NLDS matchups. We start with the Marlins and Atlanta. And Obviously, I was wrong in last week's series between the Marlins and the Cubs. I said I liked the Cubs a lot. I thought they had the better offense. I thought they had the slightly better bullpen. And Miami was going up against two very tough customers in Kyle Hendricks and Hugh Darvish. Now, in game one, the Cubs were in position to win. The problem is that David Ross didn't trust his bullpen, didn't feel like he could pull Kyle Hendricks, left the game in Kyle Hendricks' hands, and Corey Dickerson hit the three-run homer off of him. So 
that really completely changed the complexion of that series because it showed that David Ross was going to live and die with the starting pitchers, maybe out of necessity, maybe out of, you know, first time playoff jitters, but it gave Miami an opening into the series. And this Cubs offense just wasn't very good. The Cubs were a below average offense against right-handed pitching for the season. And it showed in this series or in that series. The problem here is that the Braves were the best offense in baseball in weighted on base average and weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching. And when you think about the right-handed pitching that they faced over the course of the season, you know, you think about, obviously they didn't get much Steven Strasburg because he was hurt, but you think about Max Scherzer, you think about the guys for Miami that they'll face here in this series, like Alcantara, like Sixto Sanchez, like Pablo Lopez, they faced Jacob deGrom, they faced Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, and even going you know, into interleague play. I'm not exactly sure if they ran into these guys, but you know, you get a Garrett Cole. You know, you get uh, some of these guys, some of these great right-handed bullpen arms. And the Braves were the best offense in baseball in weighted on base average and weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitchers. The Marlins, on the other hand, were a bottom five offense against right-handed pitchers. And they will get a lefty and Max Fried in game one, but they'll get Ian Anderson in game two. They'll get a steady dose of a right-handed heavy bullpen in game three. We'll see what happens with game four for Atlanta. But I don't think this is a series matchup that sets up well for the Marlins. Again, a mea culpa. I didn't think last week set up well for them either against the Cubs. But this one is a lot more pronounced because you've got such a big offensive difference between these two lineups, such a massive bullpen difference between these two units. Atlanta should advance here. I think they advance in three or four. I think you look for that prop as opposed to taking the straight series price here. And again, you know, there aren't a lot of statistical significant points of significance with batter versus pitcher numbers. However, the Braves are more familiar with these Marlins starting pitchers. And I think that is something that hurt and already hampered Cubs offense in the first round is that they hadn't seen these. When you talk about these small advantages at the margins for teams, the Braves have a lot of them over the Cubs. So I do like the Braves in this series. I like them even more than I like the Cubs. Uh, you know, again, maybe I didn't factor in some things properly with Chicago uh, that, you know, I can factor in properly here with Atlanta because they're just so much better in the two really key areas of the offense and the bullpen. So the Braves have no excuse for not advancing here in this series. Lastly, the Padres and the Dodgers and the Padres with so many questions with the pitching staff. Dinelson Lamette, he's, you know, up in the air. Mike Clevenger up in the air. Chris Paddock to me is just not usable in this series, but the Padres will probably be forced into using him. Adrian Morahone, he'll have to make a start here. He may be the best hope for the Padres against the Dodgers, quite frankly, because the Dodgers did struggle against left-handed pitching over the course of the season. But we're going to have to see Luis Patino. We're going to have to see a guy like Matt Strom try to pick up some innings in this series, stuff like that. The Padres are just really up against it here. And, you know, I think that when we look at the way that this series is constructed, I think the Dodgers are going to move on simply because they've got more able-bodied arms. You know, Zach Davies, 
I don't know how he matches up against the Dodgers. Elite command tool, but the Dodgers are just such a good offensive unit that they can hit guys like that. So I'm curious to see how this one plays out for the Padres, what they do from a starting rotation standpoint. And again, as I said, I just don't think Chris Paddock, if he gets a start in this series, is a good matchup at all whatsoever against the Dodgers. Like I said, I will look for runs here in this series if the roof is open at Globe Life Field. That's a big if. I don't know if the park will be open, but as I said, with the later start times here, with fans in attendance, I think the hope will be to have that roof open. So that is something I think will increase the offensive potential in this series. If the roof is closed, this ballpark plays a lot different. So I don't know if the roof will be open, but it is something you want to try and take a look at here uh, as we go throughout this series. The Padres bullpen is exceptional. I mean, it's very, very good. But all of their key relievers, Trevor Rosenthal, Drew Pomerantz, Emilio Pagan, Pierce Johnson, all had to pitch three straight days in this series, or in the wild card round. Adrian Morahone had pitched back-to-back days as a guy who's traditionally a starter. Austin Adams, back-to-back days. You know, Garrett Richards was used as a reliever in the first two games of the series. Matt Strom also pitched the first two games. The Padres, if that would have been a five-game series, they would have been SOL because they really used and abused the bullpen early on. And they did so out of necessity. And if that is a necessity in this series as well, I worry a lot about this Padres bullpen. I think there's a chance, maybe you could call it overmanaging from Jace Tingler, but I don't really know what other option this guy actually has. Their starting lineup is just, or their starting rotation is just not healthy. And there's not much you can do about it. And that is something, if the Padres do find a way to advance and pull off the upset here, their bullpen workload is going to be through the roof. And that is something that would greatly concern me and greatly concerns me in this series, but especially if we move forward here. So the fact of the matter is this. I think this is a chalky round. You know, I think that the better teams just have the key advantages in most areas. I think a team like the A's is more equipped for the regular season than they are for the playoffs. You know, especially without Matt Chapman out there. Again, this is a solid bullpen, but will they be playing with leads? That's the big question for them. The Rays. Yes, they have the better rotation, but the Yankees have the better offense and the better bullpen, I think, or at least the higher upside bullpen with the injuries that the Rays have had to contend with. The Braves, better offense, better bullpen. Yes, the rotation strength may play a bigger role in these playoffs than in a traditional playoff setting because we don't have any days off for travel built into the division series. But even still, I don't know if those series with those rotation concerns, go deep enough for it to really matter anyway. So I think we got a chalky round here. As as disappointing as that is to say, I think we get Astros-Yankees, and I think that we get Braves and Dodgers. And, you know, I think that's just kind of how the, the championship series do shake out here based on what I'm seeing, based on the matchup advantages and stuff like that. Now, of course, the big question is, how do we bet that? You know, this is ultimately a betting podcast, so... How do we bet that? Well, like I said, I think Braves in three or four is what you look at from a series standpoint. Whichever one you like the price on a little bit more, maybe the Marlins steal a game. 
but the Braves' offense is just too good, I think, uh, in that series. Dodgers and Padres, same thing. I, I think it's three or four. You know, maybe the Padres find a way to steal a game, but, you know, again, their starting pitching concerns are just way too big for me to overlook here. The Astros and A's series, I think, is interesting. I, I think that this may be one that could go five, but if the Astros win today and they've got Granky in the elimination game tomorrow, Granky matches up extremely well with Oakland. So that is something that I would be concerned about. And I also think, too, that, again, with the Astros more engaged in the Granky game tomorrow, even if they face Lizardo, I like the Astros in that one. I think they'll want to put that series away. They will not want to extend it because of their, you know, rotation depth concerns. I think they put that game or they put that series away in three if they win here today in that Valdez and Manaya matchup. And like I said, you know, I think you look for offense in spots where you can find it. I think the Padres Dodgers series, again, if that roof is open, you look for offense there in that one. Uh, the series in Houston with the Braves and Marlins, I'm not so sure about the offensive output in that series with the roof likely closed. But, you know, again, uh, that's one where the, the Braves do have some familiarity with those Marlins pitchers. And maybe you can prey on some lower totals in that series. Or again, live betting, clearly an option across the playoffs uh, with so many swings and all those types of things uh, those seasons. So I think there are betting opportunities to be had, but I also do think that uh, it will be a chalky uh, round of teams that move on to the ALCS and the NLCS. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of the Betters Box here on ATS Radio. Again, a reminder, no show next Monday. I got some things to take care of. So we will move Kyle Hunter to Wednesday for next week here on the ATS Radio family of shows. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the Betters Box.